Welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling, episode 24. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe, and I'm joined this week by Blake Short. You're not the first out of touch, old man, to not believe in me, but I will make damn sure you're the last. And Greg Overson. What's up from quarantine? This week, we've discussed WrestleMania being held in an empty stadium and Rob Gronkowski before getting to our main event, where SmackDown, Raw, AEW, and NXT square off on a three-round debrate. I said debrate again, again for brand supremacy. <laughs> but first, a little roundtable discussion where we discuss our lives and the world of wrestling for the last week. Why do I keep saying debrate? It's That's that not brand a word. supremacy and debate, man. It's getting you. It's it's bringing that R in. I don't know what it is. A, I almost did it. A three-round debate. Got it. Nailed Jesus. it. I'm, so, I'm such a fucking professional. So when I was hosting Roy, I almost did it, too. So I completely understand. Really? The break? Mm-hmm. I had to, like, Welcome think to about it break. and slow it down. The break. Uh, All right, a little bit of housekeeping. We're on Skype again, guys. Oh. And I'm sure you know why everybody's practicing social distancing, um, trying to do our best not to help it spread. Really, I don't want to talk about it too much, but it's so unavoidable. Like, as I'm talking now, I'm like, you know, I don't want to talk about it too much because everybody listening has heard it nonstop for weeks now. But then I think about the build of the show and the empty stadium and all the things that we're going to be talking about. It's probably going to be prominent throughout the podcast, unfortunately. Um, so we apologize for the audio quality this week. We felt like we were finally getting in a good place using the, using the microphones and getting the audio worked out there. And now we're back to Skype, unfortunately. Um, and it may be that way for a few weeks. What do you guys think? How long is this, how long is this going to last? Uh, dude, I'm hearing mid June is what a lot of people are coming to a consensus on. Uh, I'm assuming if they do what we're expecting them to do within the next 48 hours and putting everything on lockdown, I'm hoping that that, you know, cuts it down drastically and we're back to normal by the end of April. But, uh, it, right now it seems like this is a long haul type deal that we just gotta, we gotta stick out. Yeah, this is pretty depressing. I was excited to get together with you guys this week for the podcast. We were going to do our special episode, which I was extremely excited about. I felt like we finally had so the speaking of that, Speaking of that, we were going to do the uh, network night, which is something we're going to try and do monthly, I believe, right? Uh, where ahead of time, we'll let you guys know what we're going to be watching on the network. And then sometime, <clears throat> probably towards the end of the month, we'll do a podcast where we go through it, talk about it. Um, that was supposed to be tomorrow. That's not happening now. Uh, this is that the network night is something that we're really excited about. Uh, we've been watching the ruthless aggression on WWE network. If I say, Oh, one more time, you can shoot me Blake. I know that's something we talked about that we need to stop doing. And I just did it like four times in one sentence. So we're not going to be doing that tomorrow. We're, we want to wait until we're in person and we can get the best audio quality possible and really be able to go through it because I had a, a lot of fun watching it. Um, I'm only halfway through now. I stopped once we realized that we weren't going to be doing it this weekend. I definitely recommend checking it out. It's been a lot of fun. And I think that when we get to it, this will end up being one of our best episodes yet. Yeah, I agree, and that's why it was so disappointing. I 
felt bad that we weren't doing it. It sucks. I think we're making the right call by not doing it over Skype. I do want it to be at the best quality that we can make it. And we know that, you know, Skype just isn't quite where we want it to be, but this is our only option right now. And I do think it's best that we, we keep doing our weekly shows and talk about wrestling because at this point, man, we're losing everything. I don't want to lose the the access to talk about wrestling with you guys because it's something I look forward to each week. Uh, Blake, I'll let you just jump right in and let me know what your week's been like. Cool. So my week really wasn't too much different. Um, that's going to change, I think. But this week was pretty common for me. I was still working. Things have been a little bit busier with people not going out and stuff like that. Although I will say for people supposedly being quarantined and staying in, there are a lot of people still out there. As far as the roads, not much has changed uh, if anything, there might be more cars than usual right now in, in some of these restaurants and in the drive throughs and stuff like that. But as of right now, I'm just preparing for what's coming, you know, whether it's not being able to go outside and just kind of losing access to some of the things that are normal to us and really just trying to take advantage of them. Uh, I think this week has kind of opened my eyes a little bit. There are things that we do day-to-day, week-to-week, or maybe don't do that we have access to. And it's been kind of flipped on us. So, like, I was thinking about today, like, I never go, never really go to the theaters. And Roy and I actually were supposed to see Bad Boys this week. You know, I was thinking about that last night because you're you're somebody who's kind of hard to pin down to do something like that, to go to the movies because you're kind of all over the place. I feel like I have more success saying, like, come over and do nothing than I do go to the movies. And it's funny because I was thinking, did Blake start the fucking coronavirus just so that he didn't have to go to the movies? So it's crazy because I was like, wow. I was like, I finally made plans to go to the movies, and I can't. And now this week I was like, damn, I really would like to go to a movie and relax and watch a movie. <laughs> and I think when you take something away from somebody – that they normally want that a little and more. Like, Man, I really want to do that. And it's just kind of a unique aspect where I looked at it and I'm like, wow, I really need to start taking advantage of some of the things we are able to do. Even like going out to a restaurant, man, like Holly and I's anniversary passed a few weeks ago and we were supposed to go out and now you can't even dine in at a restaurant. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I never thought we would get to a point where you cannot dine in at a restaurant. Like these are just, it's just unprecedented times. Some would say bizarre, even. <laughs> so, uh, Ray, my what have you been up uh, to? I'm going to start off and give a little plug since you guys were talking about movies. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I really wanted to see that movie Onward, and they've announced that they are putting it on Disney Plus April 3rd. Uh, so, I'm actually pretty excited for that. Um, otherwise, my week's been pr- pretty much normal since the baby's been born. Uh, I went back to the office for two days, and then they pretty much said nobody coming to the office except for those that need to be there. Um, my mother-in-law is one of those employees that need to be there. Uh, I'm a little bit worried with this possibility of a lockdown because her and the people in her division that are there are the reason I'm able to work from home because they put the forms into the system for me to work. So... I'm assuming if they're saying they can't even go in that I'm going to be out of work for two weeks and I don't know how that's going to work. Um, so I'm a little worried about that, but as of right now, I am grateful that I get to work from home, uh, that I am still able to earn a paycheck through all of this. Um, other than that, I mean, I've pretty much become a homebody anyway, since the baby has been born. So 
nothing's really changed on my front. I'm just, I'm just home more often now. I mean, usually on the weekends we'd go out to eat once or twice, but uh, we're not going to be doing that for a while. Roy, before you get started, can I just talk about the irony of Greg talking about work and wearing a DoorDash shirt? <laughs> and I'm the one that does DoorDash. <laughs> I had to support you, bud. I appreciate that. Also, when you said you were going to plug a movie, I was like, does Greg have his own movie? Yeah, I, I got a movie, guys. his own movie. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> Speaking of that, so Onward is a Pixar film, right? Disney Pixar, yeah. You'll have to let me know if it's any good, because I I see the previews for it, and I can see that it's hitting all the usual notes that these movies always do. But for some reason, it is not landing for me. To me, it feels more like a parody of Pixar movies where, I don't know, I think maybe I'm getting kind of tired of the Pixar formula in general. So I just, I don't have the same excitement for this. It doesn't help that the advertising for it started years ago. So I feel like it's already been out for forever. And it also doesn't help that, it also doesn't help that Trolls is so close because that's all I'm focused on. Um, so I'm also hearing that that's going to be out on demand now instead of obviously hitting the theaters. But uh, as far as Onward goes, yeah, you can get uh, it for you can get it for 19.99. You can do the same thing for Onward starting sometime very soon, maybe even today, before they put it on Disney Plus in April. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you've got Disney Plus, why not just you know utilize that? Wait another week or so. Um, for me, I, I get where you're coming from, Roy, because I felt the same way. I was kind of like, I don't really know about this movie, but I think what's pulling me in is more so Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Like I'm kind of, kind of interested to see how they, like I obviously love Avengers and everything. So I'm kind of interested to see how they go together as far as voice actors, if they feed off of each other any more than they do in their, their live action roles. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your rant and rave onward after you watch it in a few weeks. (laughs) I got you. Uh, My week, I don't feel like it has been too different either. I work, at a I work at Walgreens and so we're still open. We the customer the the amount of customers, man, has been pretty exhausting. And for a while I was thinking about how it sucks to still have to be going into work. And then sometime last night or the night before, I kind of flipped the script and started thinking, maybe I'm fortunate that I'm still getting these hours, that I'm not gonna have a paycheck of zero. So that was a different way to look at it that made me feel a little bit better that I have in a job. I have a job that is considered essential staff and actually is essential staff because we have prescriptions and first aid kits, unlike GameStop, who has also declared themselves essential essential staff. Um, I'm a little sleepy because so we, we set plans to do this at one today. And last night I set my alarm for 11. I have... And I'm a night owl. Like I'm up until four or five a.m. every night. So eleven for me is probably most people's like eight a.m. So I set the alarm for eleven. I wake up. I have to pee. Now I am notorious for waking up one minute before the alarm goes off, and it just for some reason absolutely drives me insane. When I look at the clock and there's only a few minutes until it goes off, it bothers me so much. I I feel like I was robbed. So I wake up and I'm sitting there and I was like, I know, I know that if I look at this phone, it's going to be like five minutes to 11. But I look at the phone and it's 1220. So that was a surprise. I had forgot to set the alarm last night. Nice. So then I had to get up and rush and figure everything out. 
Uh, we managed to get on time, though. Though we ended up BSing for like 30 minutes. Uh, Greg and I had a Pokemon battle with Pokemon gummies. <laughs> I won. Uh, I don't think I have a ton else going on. I did also have an anniversary, Blake, and I did find out. Oh, shit. Okay, so remember you and I were talking about, I don't remember how many years it was, mm-hmm. because that's how bad my memory is. Well, I did find out how many years it was. But while telling you that I found it out, I realized I forgot again. Okay. Is it, is it the number actually, two? She actually, it might be, she got me a keychain last year specifically because of how hard this is for me. And she said, now whenever you forget, you can just look at the keychain, which is what I've been doing. I will. I type in anniversary. I search the word anniversary on WhatsApp. Scroll through it until I find the picture of the keychain and look at the keychain to see what the date is. That's ridiculous. It sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Uh, to touch on what you're saying about waking up. So today was going to be my sleep in day. Uh, I'm going to take the day off today. And I was like, you know what? I'm still going to try and get up at a decent time. And I actually also was going to wake up at 11. And I did not. I woke up at 1230. Mm-hmm. So I find that funny. And Which, and, by the way, you you have failed on your updating us of what time you've been waking up every day. And I, I, have, I know we got at least one person out there that's upset about that. I, <laughs> I have failed in general. <laughs> it has not worked out the way I wanted it to. I'm still labeling when i'm getting up and everything and it has not been good so my my goal why can't you just wake up i don't know and and it's funny what you said has a lot to do with it i wake up often a minute or two prior to the alarm and i also feel robbed and i go you know what i'm going to snooze for 30 (laughs) minutes you woke Uh, up at like 5 a.m for how many years i don't get it man i if if I absolutely have something I have to get up for, I get up. No problem. Like my yeah, mother had a few. If it's your choice, you just keep going back to sleep. Once it's by choice, I tell myself, "All right, thirty more minutes," and those thirty minutes turn into three or four more hours every single time. I just, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so, so I went to bed at three o'clock in the morning, set my alarm for eleven, just like you guys, and I was up at eight fifteen. Um, Get yourself a baby. You'll wake up, bud. Yeah, I think I'll pass. <laughs> uh, Bring I, yours over. Greg. I don't wake up a minute before. I always end up waking up an hour before my alarm, and that upsets me because be it takes me that. I'd go see, right back to sleep. It takes me like 20, 30 minutes to fall back asleep. My time I fall back asleep, it's going off again, and then I have this like panic that when I wake up that I overslept. That's interesting. See, I purposely will set an alarm like an hour or so prior. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel that it helps me sometimes, although now who knows? It's all up in the air right now. But I used to do that for work. I would set one like an hour prior because I fall right back asleep, and I felt like that would help me a little bit, get me out of as deep of a sleep when I did have to wake up. But um, right now, man, I I don't know. I I'm at a loss for words. I don't. I feel defeated by sleep. I'm gonna figure it out. My process. My process for for it is to set my alarm 15 minutes prior to when I actually want to be awake. And I have it set so that each snooze is just five minutes. And snooze three times and then get up. 
All right, so let's jump into the probably the biggest story of the week. That's the fact that WrestleMania is a two-night event with no fans in attendance. What are your guys' thoughts on this? This is, uh, I don't know. I think the best thing to come out of this is the shirt that says I wasn't there. Uh, I want that shirt. I, I, so if do you I. Wanna, if you want to buy one for me, Greg, go ahead. Oh, okay. Can you make three? You know what, Blake? I don't like you that much. Damn it. <laughs> um, I, I, at first, I was kind of like, okay, this makes the most sense just because without there being fans and everything, you're going to lose interest with the length that WrestleMania is in the first place. The fact that people are losing interest in some of these shows right now, like Raw and SmackDown without a crowd, I can only imagine exactly how it would be for WrestleMania. Uh, but then I sat back and thought about it again, and the fact that they're recording all of it and then we're getting it in two nights, I don't know how I feel about that. Just the fact that WrestleMania is not going to be live at all. Gets- do we have any actual? Do we have an official announcement from WWE that it's being taped yet, or is that still speculation at this point? Um, I have a thing that says that Raw and SmackDown is being taped leading up to it. And within the company, they are trying to figure out which locations they're using because apparently it's not just the performance center. They're talking about four locations across the U.S. to uh, film at for WrestleMania. And they're talking about them being pre-taped in, in all four of those locations. But anything, anything it hasn't from necessarily WWE been solidified. That's what I'm saying. It hasn't 100% been solidified. It's just that they said that what has been solidified is that they're using four separate locations for filming. It's a matter of whether they go forward with the live or the taping, but it sounds like they're going to go with taping it. At least a major- at least a portion of it is going to be taped. I don't think they end up taping much of WrestleMania. I have to hope that because I mean the you still have the production crew and all the other people that you're going to need there. It would be way too easy for WrestleMania to leak. So uh, one so of the- I don't know. One of the matches they're talking about uh, taping ahead of time because of all that's going on in the world is the McIntyre and Lesnar match because there's a lot of talk that Lesnar is probably not going to be able to get out of Canada for Mania itself. There's the border uh, is the Canada border in U.S. is is closed right now, so I don't know how um, they're having a hard time getting it approved as an essential employee. Um, to be able to leave Canada, um, hearing even the nurses that live right over the border of Canada and like Wisconsin and stuff are having a lot of issues getting to work. So we'll see how that goes. Do you guys think that WrestleMania should have been postponed or WrestleMania should continue with the empty audience? And if you don't mind, I will answer this one first because I think that I think that recording it with the empty audience was the right call. Because I, we don't know how long this is going to last. You're not going to keep me inter- You're not going to keep me interested in these feuds for X amount of months. And let's say this doesn't happen for another three or four months. Look how fast the turnaround is until there's another WrestleMania. It's like WrestleMania be, would be here like the next day almost. It would feel like. Um, I'm. I think that it creates a very unique WrestleMania. Uh, but also, obviously, it takes a lot of things away from a WrestleMania too. 
I just I would prefer to just do this and get it done than to be uncertain for so many months or to have to draw these feuds out for so many months and still not be sure about anything. What's your guys' opinion? So I think it's the wrong call. There was never going to be a right call. But if it were up to me, I would have postponed it and done it at least in an arena or a stadium when you had the chance to do so. One of the biggest things that I enjoy about WrestleMania is the presentation itself. Um, just the curiosity of what the stage is going to look like, what the vibe will be like, and that's gone. You know, th- there won't be a like glorious WrestleMania stage. You know, they'll do what they can, like they have a world SmackDown, but it's going to be very, very bland. The matches with n- nobody in the crowd, it's going to be pretty awkward for Mania. Uh, it's awkward in general for me for the weekly shows. I can only imagine for Mania, these are big field matches. I feel bad for the talent because people like Rhea Ripley and Drew McIntyre, where this is supposed to be such a huge moment, it's pretty much going to fall flat in comparison to what they were expecting. And it's nobody's fault. You know, I'm not upset at WWE. I, I understand the circumstances. It just sucks. And it's taken what they already wasn't expecting to be great mania and really just turned it into a regular show. If anything, if anything, maybe even less than a regular pay-per-view at this point. And it's, it sucks. Uh, I I'm, I'm actually on the fence with both of you Um, on Blake's side of things, seeing the setup of mania, the stage and everything. Like I remember when we went to Orlando and how awesome we thought that setup was the setup was with the roller coaster and everything. And then the ring above the ring, like everything was just awesome looking. Last year fell a bit flat. It kind of feels like looking back at it now, last year said it's pretty much raw now, um, which is weird. But I was excited to see. I mean, Tampa Bay, I mean, those who know about it, Tampa Bay's got a a, a pirate ship inside the stadium that shoots cannons, man. How awesome would that have been for some of these entrances? I, it sucks that we're not going to see that. I hope that in, in the next couple of years after everything, obviously I know there's contracts in place for other places, but I'm hoping in the future they're going to go back to Tampa Bay and we're going to get to see what we would have saw this year. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, as far as Roy's side of it, I completely agree as far as the storylines go. If anything, I would have said set up a date in the future for, for like, like Blake said, an arena, maybe even like a soccer it's stadium or something. That's not possible to but, set a date right now. Well, what That's I'm saying an option. Is, is if you had went in the future to like June or something, and then we found out June wouldn't happen. Okay. The next month we go, all right, we're doing it from the performance center, but I get it. I understand where they're coming from. I would like to see them utilize the fact that the performance center is a warehouse and open up one of those bays and maybe set something up in like the parking lot stage wise where they come down into there um, to make it a little more grander. But uh, I I'm not upset about it, nor am I really okay with it, I guess. I'm just on the fence like I, I'm, I'm going to see how everything goes and I completely understand it. But there is those things that I'm upset about that I was looking forward to that we all look forward to in a mania. I mean, yeah, for me, this was not this was not my first choice. If you say, like, what do you want WrestleMania to look like? I'm not going to say put it in the performance center. Oh, no, but I, me, it's the best option right now. Oh, no, that's why I, I'm I saying wouldn't I, agree, wanna, yeah. I wouldn't want to deal with it being postponed. 
Yes. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. I agree with that because especially with the storylines, that's why I was saying uh, like next month, maybe try to like set a date further out. And then next month you pull the plug on it and do it at the performance center. You would keep people semi interested in it for a couple more weeks instead of, you know, two, three more months. You think but, it's really fair to set yeah. a date that you can't commit to and be like to go into it and already know, like we might cancel this. Man, seems- I, honestly, a lot of a lot of people that are pro- postponing things, the places that are postponing it are letting them reschedule for late May, June. So I wouldn't see that as too far fetched. But again, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that is what they should have done. I would have liked to have seen that maybe. But I am I am okay with us getting it in two weeks on the actual date. Uh, and then, like you said, the turnaround on Mania, I mean, it is going to be like it's the next night because it is. It's a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, I uh-huh. hate that, by the way. I, I get it because you can separate the amount of people in the building on Saturday and then on Sunday. I understand what I would assume they're going for, but I hate the fact that it's two days. I can't stand it. As soon as I seen that tweet, I was very upset. Uh, I, I love I that it is I two days. <laughs> I think you're going insane right now, and you need. To I really want to see. But I want to see how I want to see how this looks, because I I actually this is something that I've wanted to see for a while because it's something that some other people are doing, and especially after being there recently, and I've talked about this so much how long we were in those damn seats. It's like one o'clock in the morning by the time we finally got to the main event. Ten but hours, man. There's so many. So many matches that I would love WrestleMania being a two-day event, kind of similar to uh, so like my my main passions are gaming and wrestling, and so one of the things I look forward to every year is E3, which is kind of a week-long event, and I love tuning into all that stuff. E3 has been canceled, by the way, too. Everything I love is dead. <laughs> so. I love the idea of you take, there's usually like four or five huge matches at WrestleMania. You, you split them up. Maybe you can have Roman and Goldberg and the Bray and Cena on one night. And then the other night is main evented by Brock Drew and Edge and Orton. And then it gives all these other matches more of a chance to shine. You get more time on the card. You get more quality matches instead of just these battle royals. And I love the idea of it just being a weekend-long celebration of wrestling. The NXT stuff, all the indie stuff, all the all the WrestleMania stuff, the Access stuff, which all that's not happening this year. But I'm very interested in seeing if, there's, if, if they like this two-day style. Because I would love to go to a WrestleMania that's just a weekend-long thing. And I think it'll be. I think it's more fun to watch on TV too, when it's not starting at 1 p.m. with a bunch of battle royals and six-man tag team matches. I disagree. It'd be in two different days. I understand what you see, but especially this year, it's like there aren't going to be any battle royals. They have to get rid of that stuff. I don't think that's what I don't want. I know. Me neither. I don't want that. I know. I'm saying there's less matches though. There's less of it, so I feel like they could have gotten it into one day, and it would have been fine. I I don't like the idea that I'm going to sit down on Saturday, watch, and then start all over again on Sunday. It's hard for me to commit a full weekend to wrestling. I love wrestling, but it's hard for me to commit to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday. I do have some things I need to get done. I don't like the idea that it's two different days. 
I'm Just one not here, Blake. You're fine. No, it's too. That's too much. I don't like it being two different days. Let's do it on Sunday, like we always have. It's not a problem. I, I just honestly, in general, I don't have a ton of interest left in Mania. I think when it gets here, I might have that little bit of glimmer. You know I me mean? because it is Mania, but just losing, like what Greg was saying, the presentation is so big to me. Uh, you know, Orlando being our first, or not our, my first Mania, and you guys were there as well. That set just like was everything to me. I was like, wow, like I, I'm glad I was here for this one because I think that was one of the coolest presentations they've ever done with Orlando. And what Greg said about MetLife, I agree. When we came in and I seen MetLife's presentation, I kind of lost some excitement. I was like, I don't feel like they put as much into this as they did in Orlando, which I think all of us would agree it was pretty bland compared to Orlando. So for this year, like sitting down and watching and it's just in the performance center, it's going to be really hard for me to get to that normal level that I am for Mania. And I won't have the same expectations for the matches themselves because I don't think the adrenaline and a lot of the things, you can't manufacture adrenaline. Um, it's just not possible. So a lot of these wrestlers, you know, they probably would have goosebumps coming into this match. Now it's going to be kind of awkward. It's going to be different. It's not going to be the same. And I think it takes away from some of the matches as well when, when you come to come to grips that this just isn't the same yeah for sure i mean they're not gonna they're not gonna have that level of excitement because i mean it's where they train it's where you know they they focus on these types of matches it's like they're taking everything that this that these matches were built up to be and they're just doing it another day in the same place so i can see where it's not going to feel the same at all i mean it's not going to feel the same regardless but i can see where it's not going to be as big to them. And like you said earlier, so where do you come down on WrestleMania being a two day event, two day event? I, so for a two day event, I'm actually okay with it because kind of like you were pointing out, there's some things that I do. You're going to say concerts. I go to fest festivals that are three day long festivals, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I, I kind of like how that's broken up. And I could, I, I feel like with a mania, if you break it up that way, like you could go, you could go to uh, some of the access or in one day and then go see the event. And then the, the next day you've got, you could do more access and then the event again, like you don't have to just, you know, one whole day dedicate. I mean, like you said, we went, we were there, what, nine, 10 in the morning. And we didn't leave till one, two in the morning. It's it's crazy. Um, and if that's if that's what they're going to continue to do, I mean, the last couple ones we went to, I mean, Orlando, I think we were out. And if it wasn't for, you know, my McNuggets at that McDonald's, we would have been back at the hotel by one, one thirty. We weren't even leaving our seats until that time this year. See, um, I don't think that's possible because you have you guys are forgetting they don't have takeover and everything this year and Hall of Fame. There's no way Mania is going to continue to be a two-day event because they had to get all that other stuff in there as well. I mean, if they wanted it to be a two-day event, they can move yeah. that stuff to any day. That's not really an obstacle. That's their choice what stretched. they would put it on. I think that would be very stretched, and it would make things very challenging for us who want to do you know, Hall of Fame or NXT. I, but my the thing takeover is... Takeover be absorbed into those two-day events. You start putting some NXT matches in there. It's a third brand now, so... That's true as well. That's, that's just another. That's just another way to do it. 
I think they keep the takeover format. I, I don't see them spreading into into mania. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Just, I'm not debating whether they yeah, are no. or are not going to. Just, just whether just, I enjoy it or not. But you guys are talking about future manias. I'm talking about this one. Uh, if I'm there and we're there for the weekend, that's a different story because we've committed to already being there for four days. This we're not there. You know, I'm watching this on TV. I'd rather it just be the one day. And there's no takeover, which I was looking forward to takeover more than I was mania. So now it's like, okay, well, instead of me watching takeover on Saturday and Sunday, which again, it's a commitment. It's a lot of wrestling. I'd have been a lot more excited about getting a takeover from NXT on Saturday and then mania on Sunday if I had to choose. All right, let's move on to the next thing here. Um, as I scroll back over to my notepad. So I'm going to read you guys a quote from Daniel Bryan, okay? All right. Daniel Bryan says, WWE has been great. They are going to give me six weeks paternity leave, which so few places in the United States do that. I get to be home that first six weeks, but then after that, it's not long until my contract is up. We've been talking about what we're going to do there. In my mind, I think I'm just done being a full-time wrestler. I love being a dad. I will always love wrestling, and I always want to do wrestling. But when I say I always want to do wrestling, that means once a month or once every couple of months. The first thing I want to ask is, is this truthful or is this contract negotiations? I'll start. I think it's truthful. I think he... I think so, too. <clears throat> I don't think Daniel would... would... Use like an underlying tactic like that. Yeah, it's not that type. It's not his personality. I do think he enjoys being a dad. I think he probably is looking for a way to spend more time with his daughters. And which I, I think she's having another girl. Maybe I shouldn't have said daughters right now. I thought they said she's having another girl. Maybe I'm incorrect. Anyway, I think he does want to spend more time with his kids and will. And you know what? I think it's a good fit for Brian. We've gotten him full time. As much as I hate it because I enjoy him so much, I think it's the right call uh, for his health, for his future, for his family. We still get to see him, but it won't be every week. I think it's a win-win for everybody involved. Selfishly, I will always say I'd rather him stay, but I'm very happy for him to be able to live the life that he wants to live. We get a lot of exposure to a little bit more of the real side of Daniel Bryan with some of the reality shows, which who knows how real any of that stuff is. He comes across as pretty genuine to me. <clears throat> and he just says he has such a great personality that I just want to see Daniel Bryan be happy. I really do. Uh, he's one of the few wrestlers that I feel like I've almost connected with in a way that I feel like he's kind of just like a buddy that I could just see myself hanging out with. Um, and I do believe that he wants to spend more time with his family. And... I I love the the idea of Daniel Bryan being kind of a special attraction too. I agree. Uh, I think, given his prior health concerns, I think it's a good idea to go more part time. Uh, also, the way that he talks about wanting to put over these younger stars, uh, what better way than to step down and give more TV time to those type of people? Um, as far as contract negotiations go, I think there's. Two things that shoot that down. One being, I think he's he's the kind of guy in WWE that there's there's not really much contract negotiations anyway. They're going to do what they can to keep Daniel Bryan around, regardless. Two, I think Dan I don't think Daniel Bryan is the type of person to use 
underlying tactics to to get more money. I think Daniel Bryan's very much the type of person that lives every day to the fullest in a way, and the money and stuff doesn't necessarily drive him. It's his passion for the certain things. And in this case, it's his passion for wanting to be a father to his kids. So I, I don't think that it has anything to do with contracts at all. Um, I don't know the status of his contract, how far it is till it's up, but I do I do definitely see him being part-time and, and it going very well that way. Yeah, same here. And And I was actually thinking, too, after I had said it, if he really wanted to do this for contract, he could just use a AEW, really. I mean, that's what everybody else is doing. That would be the go-to route to say, oh, well, I'm going to talk to them if if that was his intention. I don't think it is. I'd be willing to bet that it's not. And you know what? I, I selfishly feel the same way as you, Roy. It's going to be sad not seeing him week to week. But it's weird because I feel the same way. I feel like he's like a friend of mine. I, I feel like I've gotten to know him over these years. And maybe it was the retirement and how emotional that was for him and, and the comeback. I don't know what that is, but I do feel that same feeling, and I wish the best for him. Let's talk about Rob Gronkowski hosting WrestleMania. Jesus Christ. Without mentioning the empty arena and the two-day event a hundred times, how do we feel about Rob Gronkowski hosting WrestleMania? So, I'm interested in your guys' opinion on this, and if you're able... To, to separate football from wrestling and what this conversation is going to look like. Well, there's there's no ill will like for football. When when most people retire, like that's it. It is what it is. And we've moved on. I didn't really even have ill will for Gronkowski himself to begin with. It's weird. A week ago, I was actually kind of anxious to see Gronkowski and excited. And I feel like SmackDown kind of ruined that for me. I don't know if I like the start to this Gronkowski era and the the club music and the dancing, like it, it does. So you, you didn't enjoy that. Uh, no, I, I got a weird vibe. That's, from it. uh, That's like absolutely I, crazy. It's like I wanted to, but then when I looked at it as if he's ever going to be taken seriously as a wrestler, I feel like it would be really hard for me. Well, that's that's another thing. Do you think that that's still the direction? I mean, all the rumors that were going around at this point, I assume the only reason that rumor was around is because he was in talks to host WrestleMania. I don't think that we get him as any kind of a full-time wrestler. You may get uh, like a blow-off match, which we're going to get to. I want to talk about that in a minute. But I don't think that he's headed towards a wrestling career. So if... If he's not headed towards a wrestling career, then it makes sense and it works. The main issue for me is if he is, it would have been really hard to take him seriously after that. That was really where my my problem was. Does it fit his personality and everything? And that, that goofiness? Yeah. Uh, but if yeah, it's hard to tell right now, what's the plan? Is he going to be a wrestler? If he is, then I disagree with it. If not, and he's just being a host, you know what? Then if that works, that's him. That's his personality. Um, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was hilarious on SmackDown, and we'll end up talking about it again later. Maybe, maybe not, because there's a lot of good things to talk about. So, spoiler alert: he's that. That's definitely on my rave side. Um, I missed it at first. I wasn't paying attention. Antonio started laughing, and I rewinded it and looked up. I thought I thought it was hilarious, and I love that. I've I used to hate people hosting WrestleMania. But I've gotten more on board with it over the years. It really depends on who you're selecting. But 
in this case, I, I feel like this was this was a good call, and I'm excited to see what he's going to end up doing. Hosting WrestleMania, which I, this this specific WrestleMania, there's just so many variables. So there's so many things that it's like a lot of the things that I think would land or be good normally probably won't be under the context of this year's WrestleMania. Uh, so one of the questions I wanted to ask is, it's it's being reported pretty heavily that he is not going to be wrestling and that well i mean there's there's reports on both sides which is the same with anything that you ever read somebody was saying that he'll definitely have a match at SummerSlam and i thought that was interesting i think for me the best possible situation for him is doing the hosting the WrestleMania stuff and then let him i would give him one match and one feud and let him him go through that. It's hard for me to envision envision him as a full time wrestler. So now that we've gotten here with him hosting, now I'm kind of like, oh, this makes so much sense. So the question I wanted to ask you guys is, if we were going to get one feud for Gronk, one match, it's a big, heavily featured match at SummerSlam. That's all you're getting. What feud would you like to see for him? Who do you want to see him work with for a few weeks? Leading up to SummerSlam. And I'll go first so that you guys have a minute to think. Uh, for me, the person that I would like to see him work with is Eric Rowan. And when I make this selection, it's because I don't want to pick somebody that's too high up there. Because I'm going to need Gronk to get the win. So I don't want it to be somebody that I take seriously like Randy Orton, uh, Roman Reigns. I, I don't want to see that. But I also don't want to see some of the younger guys that I'm looking forward to their future. Rowan is somewhere right in the middle right now. He was trending up for a while, and then it seems like they just want to abandon the whole cage thing, which makes me feel like there's not a lot of hope left for him. But I still enjoy Eric Rowan uh, as a wrestler and a personality. And I think that the contrast of the two personalities from what I saw on SmackDown versus what I know Eric Rowan is I think you could get some absolutely hilarious moments. And this isn't a feud that I would make super serious, like blood feud. This would just be more of a Gronk is here doing his own thing, having a good time. Eric Rowan's an asshole. And Gronk is just constantly perplexed at his attitude and the way he goes about things. And he's just like, what is wrong with this guy? And we could even have a, a uh, maybe a storyline where he talks about how the – they're like, you know, what were you, what surprised you most about WWE? And he says, well, I'm mostly surprised by the amount of freaks running around here. And then maybe every week we get, we get like a really out there personality from WWE that kind of confronts him, like Kane one day, uh, Boogeyman the next week, stuff like that. I would want a little bit more on the comical side, but not as far as like the 24 7 championship type of stuff. I would still want there to be some legitimacy to it, but I, I want it to be a fun time. It's not something I want to take too seriously. So that's what I would go with. I I, would I tried to talk as long as I could so you guys could think because I meant to tell you uh, the question ahead of time because I know how hard it is to get asked something like that on the spot. So for me, it was pretty simple. I'd say Baron Corbin. Um, 
I felt like that interaction. I thought Baron Corbin, but I don't want Corbin to have another. I don't want Corbin to have another loss. See, Corbin, but I, we're on the same page there. I, when, Corbin is best in that kind of role. Yeah, even when he loses, like for some reason, Corbin seems to stay relevant at least. Lately. It's almost better when he loses, right? It, when he starts winning, I'm kind of like, ah. Oh. But when he loses and then still runs his mouth, the connection of them both being football players works. The connection of Baron Corbin just shitting on Patriot fans when they get into Boston works because it fits Baron Corbin so well. I I think that might be the direction they're heading in anyway. But when Baron came out, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, I was like, you know what, that is a good fit for Gronk, and I like it. So I will say Baron Corbin. I'm gonna go on the more WWE logical side of things, and it's gonna be Mojo. Um, it's just, it's just what it's gonna be. There's gonna be but you're some stuff. supposed to be. The question is, what do you I, want to see? I don't want to see anything realistic. with him. I don't want to see anything with him. That's why I'm going with what's most likely yeah, well, going to happen. You, go, you miserable motherfucker. Let's just move on to the next headline. With him. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> That was the last fucking headline I had. Oh, poor Greg. You know what? Hey, look, I I gotta side with Greg after Friday. I don't know how much I really want to see. I don't. I don't know, man. I let's just talk about it when we get to it because I I didn't enjoy it. Does that mean you're going to rant about it? Because I'm not even going to deal with that. I I'll don't just know let you if rant. I'm going to get to it. You both are clearly miserable about Gronk already. No, not look. I am. I am actually like. I was excited about Gronk. If you because listen, because he danced. Oh, oh, how dare he have music and dance to the ring? Yeah. I hate this guy now. It wasn't. It. It just was cringeworthy to me. It didn't feel natural. It felt odd. I. I didn't get a good vibe from it. I can't really explain it to you. I just. I didn't enjoy it, and I to wanted me now. I need to understand. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to it. We'll see. Greg disappeared. All right. Where's Greg? Yeah, Greg, are you still with us here? <laughs> Look yeah, I'm still Greg. here. Calling for all Greg's. Okay. Where did your video feed go? Why'd you cut it out? <laughs> oh, I was, I, I was responding to a text message about my son coming home. Oh, all right. Okay. I don't believe that's what it was about. I think it was about ordering food or something. <laughs> no, nah, watch. Probably, he's, a, he's about to ordering the door is the only oh, wow. we have Y'all see the door? Of Greg's Live front door coach. right now. Okay. Greg's house. Let's see. You got you got ten seconds for a tick a kid to walk through that door. Do you, do you see my mother in law walking up? Uh -oh. nine. He's got eight seconds left. Seven. Six. Oh, five. The door's unlocked. Oh, four. Oh. <laughs> All right, we are getting so far off track right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Who went? Versus Rave! Or I guess it would just be Rant and Rave. Yeah. <laughs> you ready to debate already? Rant and Rave! I don't know what the rotation is this week. Do you? No, I don't. It goes, uh, Roy, God, is it? Roy is Blake it the Greg. hostess first? Yep. Erbg. Erbg. This week's rotation is Erbg. <laughs> and instead of hearing cats in the background this week, you may hear some dogs. Dogs. <laughs> A fucking farm podcast, apparently. <laughs> oh, I can use my book now. I don't have to keep going back and forth. All right, so we we start off on the rant side. So for me personally, I'm not going to assign any rants this week. I think that 
I believe that everybody is doing the best that they can under the circumstances. And believe it or not, with everything going on, this week had some amazing moments. So I'm not going to give anybody a rant this week. All right. I respect your opinion, even if I think it's wrong. My first rant is going to go to Raw, and it's just simply the Royal Rumble highlight during Raw and the fact that it took pretty much the whole show. Uh, If you want to talk about personally, it was a rave because we got to play Smash during it. But when we're talking about wrestling, it's a rant for me because I was told before the show that it would be a unique, special Raw, and I was kind of interested to see what they would do with it. And it kind of became two hours of a recap instead. So I was a little disappointed about that. And, I mean, do we really need to keep getting into the circumstances? I mean, we all know what the circumstances are here. I just, some of these rants are going to be me saying, you did this, and I feel like you could have done something better with that time. That's the best way for me to describe them. All right, my my first one, uh, it's going to be, yet again, Andrade and Mysterio. Not much to say about it. I uh, don't have that many rants, but that tops my list. Uh, we can move on. That's fair. I would I would rant more about that than I would the Rumble, honestly. <laughs> I'm so tired of that one. It's like beating right, a dead so horse puts... every week. What well, does that also, expression mean? Why are you beating a dead horse? Like, what is wrong with you that either, you're sitting there beating a dead horse? That's the point. It's already dead. Why, why are we continuing to beat it? You know how I well, felt Why did you right? beat it in the first place? I, um, I kind of felt... No, like... I want to know why he was beating the horse, Blake. <laughs> I wasn't done. I, I, I kind of felt bad about giving them a rant for doing a match because I'm asking them to do a match or do this something. But that for was 30 the match minutes. I don't, I don't understand. We got one match on Raw, and that was the one—the one we've seen for the last four months. I, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, they put me in a bad spot here because they did give me a match, but that was the one they gave me. All right, my number one rave for the week is going to go to AEW, and even as we speak right now, haven't decided which one. So, it's like I'm I'm torn between my past and my future, I think, on my two raves here. <laughs> I'm going to go with... I'll go with Brody Lee. So, we had, uh, we had two big debuts on AEW. I love both of them. I think Brody Lee will be more substantial in the long run. So that's why I think I'll go with him. And I think that I expected him a little less than the other person at this point. I am really excited to see Brody Lee wrestle in AEW. I really want to see how he wrestles when he has more time and he's being featured as a, a main player, not just somebody that is told, get in there, do your spots, do the boot, the discus lariat, and call it a day. Maybe throw in a, yeah! Uh, which, and it sounds like I'm, sh- I'm shitting on the Luke Harper character. I'm not. I loved Luke Harper, and I do think he was capable of more, of more than what we got. So that's... That's the main thing for me is I cannot wait. 
I, I actually cannot wait to see some of his matches. And I'm somebody that usually likes the the drama side of wrestling a little bit more, which is probably why I've enjoyed so much of this week. Uh, don't get me wrong. None of it means anything without the matches. The matches have to be good. But it's rare for somebody to debut, and the first thing I think about is, like, I can't wait to see their in-ring work versus I can't wait to see their character work. So I'm going to refrain on comments for most things so we can move ahead, but I do have a couple for this, Roy, and, and a couple of questions for you, or maybe just one. So first comment I have was what you said about Luke Harper. Remember that time when they were doing the Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton story, and he was in the number one contenders match, and the level of hype the fans had for Luke Harper? Yeah, it should have been a triple they threat they match. They never capitalized on putting him in a triple threat, and everybody wanted it. So... Luke Harper can't and be you, at the time. At the time, you're thinking it's because it's Bray's moment, but that wasn't what it was about at all. It wasn't. It was all about Luke. I Harper. would have he rather Luke leave that match with, uh, as champion than Orton. One hundred percent. I'm sorry. What were you saying? So that I just wanted to bring that up when you were talking about Luke Harper and yeah. the fact that he did have a chance to have a big moment. They just never capitalized. But my question for you is, with the past and the present, what you brought up. And I won't name drop because somebody will probably get into it. We're getting to the point where a lot of WWE stars are coming to AEW. Are you concerned at this point that it's getting to be too much? What they're doing, I do think long-term is a mistake. Yes, it's the same mistake that everybody makes when trying to, uh, quote-unquote, compete with WWE. Selfishly, for me, it's amazing. And in the moment, right now, it's great. But I know long-term that it, it's doing damage. I really believe that. So I want to touch on that for a second because I read on a wrestling page, and at first I thought that it was just somebody trolling. And then when they were I'm in the comment section... Headlines. Well, no, it's not a headline. Uh, but in the comment section where, where I was expecting this person to continue to troll, it became more obvious that they just really didn't know anything about wrestling. And they the the status was, are you guys worried about AEW picking up all these WWE ex WWE superstars? You don't ever see WWE going out and picking up superstars from other companies. And I'm like, okay, well, this guy's clearly a troll. But in the comment section, a bunch of people were literally saying things like, okay, well, what about Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, like all these people who have been in Ring of Honor, uh, um uh impact stuff like that and this guy literally had no idea that these people were in any other organizations he legit thought that seth rollins ko uh all these people were put through nxt and they were just basically scouted by wwe and never were never in anything else and it that yeah, baffles me that somebody thought that no i don't 100 percent blame it for that when i look at it through the eyes of the casual fan they're not gonna be aware of all of those programs that aren't on TV every week and as large as Raw and SmackDown. So I, I, I can see how that could be somebody's reality. I just find uh, at least let me impact. throw the question. But go ahead. Let me throw the question back to you, Blake. Do you think this is, do you think, what do you think of the situation? Uh, it's funny because a lot of times me and you agree and I feel the same exact way in the moment. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Like, you know, I get to see, Luke Harper utilized, or Matt Hardy utilized the way I want to, but I also am looking a year down the road, 
And I'm like, man, some of these younger talent that thought that they were going to have this big opportunity here at AEW are not going to be able to get on TV. They're not going to be exactly. able to storylines that they thought they were going to get. So, and I will say, I appreciate very much that it wasn't John Moxley putting this match because that felt so obvious. And I was a little bored already because I'm like, I don't feel like going through all this just for you to tell me that John Moxley is joining your damn match. And so that was another element of it that I really enjoyed. But so we have, we have, uh, I'll, I'll save the rest of it for when we inevitably get to the Matt Hardy portion. Yeah, um, not too much about it because I wasn't sure, but yeah, no, it was a good question. It was it's definitely something that was on my mind. I'm sure it was on the mind of a lot of people. So, so you're next, right? My number one for this week is also going to go to AEW, and I'm going to give it to the beginning portion of the show where they had the wrestlers in the crowd, and MJF and Sean Spears are gambling on matches ringside, and Tony Schiavone getting in on the action. And I'm also going to add, because this was also in the beginning, the best friends are having their match. And outside of the ring, I hear MGF yell, no hugging. And they touch elbows instead. I thought that was hilarious. I loved the play of how they had wrestlers in the crowd. I think this was such a great way to utilize not having a crowd. I think AW was, in this case, very creative. And it doesn't surprise me because they continue to do things that are different and separate themselves from WWE. And I felt like this was such a cool way to take advantage of a unique situation. And there were so many instances through the night that I enjoyed interactions between the wrestlers outside of the ring. And I thought it was really fun. Yeah, that was a good call for sure. What do you got for your rave, Greg? I'm going to stay on AEW, and I'm going to go with the show opener itself with the promo. Uh, the fact of how self-aware they are, uh, in that moment, you got you got this feeling that there's these... You're talking and, about Cody and Kenny and, and Matt. And, at the start of the show. Right. Okay. And the fact that you've got three out of four of the guys that came together and created this company, and how how close it was to not even starting off in the beginning at all. And now there's this possibility that they've only been around for a couple of months and it could just, it could just all be gone in an instant because they're not as established as WWE. And they, they like Omega said, it's something that started out of nowhere and can be gone at just as fast as it started. And then to go in and use that as your play on the actual matches and stuff and say, look, let's, let's put bullshit aside. Let's, let's, you know, be the friends that we are and let's go out there and take care of the business that we need to take care of. And for hangman to come out and in hangman fashion, just lift his glass, nod his head and say, I'm with you guys. And I just thought that whole, that whole segment was just very surreal and just a very good way to involve what's going on with the world and also pique the interest of, you know, the, the match that they're building towards. Um, I guess for Rand, I should start off Royce since you didn't have any. Yeah. My next rant is going to SmackDown. I didn't want to do it. I'm going to blame Michael Cole for it when he said that we never saw this match coming between Goldberg and Roman Reigns. That's not true, Mr. Cole, because in the weeks building up, I did start to see it coming because I think Vince is an idiot, and I was afraid he would make this decision. 
Um, just didn't enjoy it. I get it. I know what they're trying to do. I, I'm really behind Roman here, which sucks because I, that's what they want me to do. And I'm like, I don't want to do it because I feel like this is what you wanted me to do, but I enjoy Roman. I feel exactly the same way. Like, everything that Roman's saying is so true and relatable, but I feel like I'm being manipulated. Yeah, I hate the position that I'm in. But, you know, and then Goldberg. I've I've been headbutting doors across. Oh, like, dude, just please just give him the title and get this over with. I can't deal with Goldberg. And... You know what, Vince? You got what you wanted. I'm rooting for Roman here, but I like Roman before this. Uh, I hope he wins, and I just didn't enjoy it, man. My next rave will go to Matt Hardy. Okay, I guess Greg Wait, wants to I'm rant right? first. <laughs> um, no, actually, what I was going to say is I, I don't really have anything else to rant about. I, I, I just my was one psychic, and I knew that. That's why I moved on. But then I was worried that you guys would know I was psychic, so I had to kind of, like, backtrack. I'm okay um, with that. So my next one is going to be Matt Hardy. Uh, and we, I said that we would end up getting back to this. Matt Hardy is one of my favorites of all time. So seeing him here, of course, was exciting for me. The reason it didn't make it to the number one and the reason it's a little soured is the stuff that we talked about before. So we, we need a final person in this match. Matt Hardy coming in is such a get hype moment. Um, now let's say they put Darby Allen in that place. Pretty cool, but not as hype as Matt Hardy. But the difference is a year or two from now of where Matt Hardy is and where somebody like Darby Allen is, whereas it, it, it comes at the cost of being a little less exciting right now. But in a few years, you now have another main event person with a, a really long storied history in Darby Allen. So that's where I kind of that's why it kind of is like a, a chip on my shoulder with it. Um, but either way, I'm just so excited to see Matt Hardy. I'm interested to see how much wrestling he's actually going to do and how much he still can do because we really didn't see a lot in the end on WWE. And we've, we've heard plenty of times, Kurt Angle most recently, like when you stop, it's like your body just kind of, your body starts going away pretty quickly. Um, so and I'm really interested that he's coming back in a, in the, blood and guts match that's a style of match that i don't know that i saw matt hardy competing in at this stage of his career and i'm interested to see what he can do or if if he can do anything all right i am going to give my next one to smackdown and what was some some of the most fun i've had in a while and that was the dirt sheet god damn it blake um, oh, yeah. They were absolutely hilarious. I love these two. I the, the Usos thing was cracking me up when they were the Usos, and then it sounded like calling, the damn Usos. They kept calling Heavy Machinery Ham, and they said we are bacon. <laughs> I loved what they did here. I thought it was hilarious, and I just. I hope they have a good run, man. I really do. I don't want to see them lose anytime soon. I think they deserve to be tag team champions in a great division right now. 
Uh, I loved. I think it was the very end. I think they. I think heavy. Mach- well, quote heavy machinery. Ms. Morrison dressed up as heavy machinery. They said, "You're welcome." And then it cut to to the USO, dude. I lost it. That hilarious. was hilarious. Also, USO was like so spot on. I don't know why his Tucker was like such a was like a redneck. <laughs> I don't either. The USOs was the best one. Did also I felt I I don't know why it was like weirdly timed, but they had said we are bacon, and literally the first commercial was a bacon commercial. I found that to be <laughs> odd. Um, there, you know it was going to be a great segment because it started off with John Morrison saying that he taught himself how to whip and nay 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 yes and Miz was like Miz was a little interested in that and Morrison said oh yeah I nailed it <laughs> so I, I would love at Wrestlemania if he showed us what he learned and did you did you catch when he looked at the camera and called the referee a dumbass no <laughs> so didn't... something had happened and I guess what she what the referee ended up saying was that somebody wasn't legal or something, but Morrison, uh, he kind of says to himself, he says, neither one of us are legal. You should know that. You're an official. And then he looks up at the camera and he goes, dumbass. <laughs> and it makes it worse because it was a female referee, too. Uh, they... so the whole situation was pretty messed up, but absolutely hilarious. I love Ms. Morrison. We're on the same page there. Dude, it was such a right call for Miz at this stage of his career because I felt like Miz was kind of just searching for something, right? Ever since the whole Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon stuff. And Shane that, McMahon. Um, and this, this pairing works so well, man. They are, it's like bread and butter, man. They're perfect together, and I'm loving it. All right, I lost where we are on the rotation, and I. I think we so, lost Greg again. So it's Greg. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> okay, but we can't see him. We never know if Greg is still around. Oh, uh, you know, I y'all moved on so fast. I was pulling up something that I had saved that I wanted to talk about, and then you mentioned it, and then you moved on. Well, so what was, what was it, buddy? So it's the it's the touch on the blood and guts. I don't know if you guys saw, but Tony Khan has announced that blood and guts will not take place next week, and they are waiting for everything to go forward with the coronavirus to hold it with a crowd. They felt that it was the right move because the type of match to feed off of the crowd and they don't want to hold it in when they don't feel like it's the right time. Okay. I agree with that. I so was that was something I wanted to tell you. AEW tweeted that uh, retweeted Tony Khan's message um, earlier this week, and I couldn't pull it up fast enough to quote it. So <laughs> uh, that's, that's fine. I think that's the right call. I was kind of hoping that they would make that announcement. That was the show that Roy and I were supposed to go to this week maybe we'll still have a chance to do that who knows but i completely agree with that and the storyline itself with the elite and um the inner circle they can continue to build that that's not something that i think just has to be right now there are a lot of elements on those two teams that they can continue to build on to get to that match i agree um so I don't, I don't really have much more. I mean, it all really goes to AEW. So um, just for the Are sake of ranting not, or raving? Raving. We're, we're raving. So uh, just just for the sake of it, um, I'm going to finish off my, the last of my AEW rants with uh, the Elite versus the, uh, the Inner Circle from 
the the second the match started with the intro of Jericho coming out and Sammy Guevara singing his uh his intro as crappy as it was <laughs> I almost I almost want more and more wrestlers to keep doing it just to see who can do it the worst um the the match itself with the wrestlers in the crowd like Blake pointed out earlier kept me so invested in this match at one point there was a two count and the wrestlers all yelled two and I'm like okay that's that's pretty awesome because they've definitely got their hand on the pulse of the fans and stuff. Uh, but the match itself, I mean, I feel like whenever you get obviously it's the, the core group of guys in AEW right now. But whenever you put them together, I feel like we get great matches out of it. Um, Santino and Ortiz, I, those guys need to be the tag champions. I, I'm just saying that now. Uh, I love watching oh, them no. wrestle. Oh, no. I love watching them wrestle, man. No, no way. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Blake? Should they be the tag team champions? Eventually, I do. Really I'm not saying at, right now, but yes, they should be tag team champions eventually. Yeah, I do think eventually they should be. They're pretty amazing. I've I've said before how much I love that that stupid Reiki does <laughs> and the plank pinfall. I they're enjoyable. The only thing they they drive me nuts with is the constant the best, the best. I'm like, oh my god, dude. Okay, I get it. That one drives you a little nuts, but I love them. They're very enjoyable. Also, I loved I loved Adam Page coming out this week, and his thing said Adam Handwash Page, self distancing <laughs> since November or social distancing since November. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty funny. I I was waiting on them to just have random beers like chilling like on the outside for him to drink since he couldn't steal any from the crowd. Well, he he actually put out a an actual like memo stating that he was no longer drinking beer. He was only drinking whiskey to help boost his immune system. <laughs> um, that he would not be uh, in tag matches. He would not be tagging and <laughs> shit like that. Like, um, but uh, yeah, there was a whole thing put out that he's not drinking beer until it's all over with. Okay, so Sammy you know, Guevara singing was actually one of my was probably would have ended up being my third rave. Just hilarious. that part specifically. So hilarious. He doesn't even know the lyrics. Oh my god, yeah. When it got to the one point, he was like... Ey, ey, ey. At some point, he just started going... Ah. So he didn't even take the time to learn the damn lyrics. Jericho thought it was hilarious. And then he turns to Brandy and says, hit me up, Brandy. Yes. Uh, hilarious. And I specifically left that one out with the stuff with the wrestlers outside because I felt like there's no way I should take that away from somebody. And I'm glad Greg brought it up because I had that separately as a rave. Thank you. My last rant, which will be the last rant for all of us, and I guess we'll we'll be ringing the bell. I'm going to do it. It's going to be Mojo and Gronk to open the show. I thought it was extremely cringeworthy. Roy, I don't know if I'm you... not going to ring the bell because Greg's pretty biased here too. So I'm not uh, gonna I'm not gonna try and sway both of you. So we we kind of talked about it a little bit. I can't put my finger on why it was so cringeworthy to me because I came in really anxious to see Gronk. And to kind of get a feel for how he was going to be. And I had expected him to be somewhat goofy. But I I don't know, man. For whatever reason, it just didn't work for me. It was... We all know the reason, Blake. It was just kind of cringeworthy to me. Uh, I wish I enjoyed it. I want to enjoy Gronk. I'm going to continue to give him a chance. But I just didn't enjoy this this one. It just felt weird to me. So I, it's not necessarily a biased thing. Um, I, 
I don't know what made it so cringeworthy. Like Blake has said before, I have nothing against Gronk at all, actually. If anything, he was not only a player, but a personality off the field that I was very interested in. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him in Ravens colors. Uh, I'm not going to say I, there's not many Patriots I would have ever said that about. Um, so it's it has nothing to do with him being a Patriot or anything. There's nothing that can take away from the success that this man has on the field. I just this this segment. And for me, I almost feel like it's Mojo Raleigh that made it more cringy for me. Just I feel like they're forcing him into a position just because they are best friends. Um, the fact that they kept saying stuff like for the first time ever in WWE, Rob Gronkowski, as if like we forgot that Rob Gronkowski is the reason that Mojo Raleigh won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania in Orlando. Like we were there. We saw it happen. Um, so that that part wasn't sitting too well with me. Um, I, the whole, they're playing off of the party style of Rob Gronkowski. So I, I don't like the, the dancing just, it seemed forced. Like I know that that's what he does when he's actually in the moment, but I felt like it was just way forced this week. Um, I don't know. Uh, like I said, it's not necessarily a bias thing. It's just, it really just didn't sit well with me and it doesn't have me looking forward to anything he's going to do at the moment. I think I think bringing up Mojo is a good point. That could have had some some to do with it. I kind of got the vibe that it was Rob Gronkowski playing a character of Rob Gronkowski instead of Rob Rob Gronkowski being himself. If that makes sense. Absolutely. That's it. it was very forced. It, it was almost like, hey, you know how you act in those videos we've seen on YouTube and Facebook? Go do that now. Yeah, like, it just didn't feel like I would have preferred, I I don't think it's a bad call to make him, you know, a somewhat goofy personality, but it just didn't feel like it was actually him. It felt like it was him trying to be him, which made it really weird for me. Absolutely. Uh, I, I hope it gets better, because I do want to enjoy him, and I was looking forward to it. And for some context, Roy, I'll say, you know that we're huge Ravens fans. Ray Lewis does a lot of things outside of the field that, that are cringeworthy to me, too. Oh, my so God. It's not I can't a bias. stand him anymore. Uh, there have been many things that Ray Lewis has done that I'm like, oh, like he needs to just kind of quiet down and step aside. Do so you it's think not the sad. empty arena maybe is a big part of it? I was just about maybe. to say I may maybe. have went over more if there was a crowd to feed off of, um, but I don't know how much more it would have added to it, to be honest. Yeah, I think you know what he was put in a tough he's put in a tough situation, and that's why I'm not like I'm done with Gronk or anything like that. I just that in particularly, I just didn't enjoy that that segment in particular, uh, and I think that's what it was. I think it just felt like it was Gronk maybe trying to do a little too much, and maybe that's because of the circumstances. It just didn't come off the way I wanted it to come off. All right, so that puts me back on rave now, right? Mm-hmm. My my last rave will be Bailey. She was hilarious on SmackDown, and I think she's been pretty hilarious for a while. And she's backing it up by winning her matches. She's doing it in heel fashion a lot of the times. Um, some of the standouts for me was when she was mocking Paige's accent. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was funny as soon as she started doing that but then she had to point it out she looks at Paige. she says i was doing your accent that made it even funnier 
And then probably both of our favorite moment, Blake, was when Paige keeps adding people and Bailey's like, I don't care. I've already beaten everybody. She says, why don't you add Tamina? Does she even still work here? That was fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely hilarious. And I also think that this was a great way to get Sasha Banks involved because the the main story here is going to be Bailey and Sasha. So and when she's saying like, oh, you're going to face uh, uh, the sassy Southern Belle and you're going to face Dana Brooke, we're all thinking the same thing. It's like, okay, who cares? She's going to beat them. And that's exactly what Bailey was saying. And then you add the Sasha Banks into it, things get a little bit more complicated. I'm actually interested in this match. So right now, the women's matches are by far the things I'm looking forward to at Mania. And this this adds to it. I love the smirk at the end from Sasha. It becomes a, a first year's announcement. It's just like, what? And then you can kind of see like the true Sasha personality. Like, okay, you know the what? The first thing she did was look over at the belt. She didn't look at Bailey's face. She looked at the belt. Yep, and it and it fits Sasha Banks' personality so well. We've seen her turn yep. many times. We've seen this play out before. But this was the right way to do it because I was kind of afraid they would do the Sasha beats up Bailey eventually. We've seen it so many times. This is it, it's it was forced upon her in this situation. Yep. I think that's really much, cool. It makes it unique. A much better direction. Yep. Well, um, I will give my final rave to NXT and. AEW. That's their first time getting on the board tonight. One of the things AEW and NXT they did they did things that I felt were different given the circumstances, and that's why I felt a little bit better about giving Raw the rant for the Rumble and SmackDown. I had wrote down their recap and highlight as well, and it's because of what was done on Wednesday night. And NXT, I'm going to give a rave to the whole Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa behind the scenes story. I felt like this was a unique way to, instead of just showing a match between these two, of going through the whole timeline of one of the best rivalries ever, in my opinion, and going through it piece by piece with their perspective of it. It gave me some unique perspectives from both of them over some of the, over some of the matches and some of the storylines. And... It was just, it was kind of like a documentary setting. And I, I tend to really enjoy those. And because of how invested I've been in these two, this one really hit home for me. And I loved it. It was good. It was like a little mini doc. I think it went on a little bit longer than I would have liked. But I still walked away with it. Walked away from it. Very happy. Greg, I have no idea if you're there. If you want to comment. <laughs> I- no, I'm I'm here. Uh, now I NXT NXT wasn't it didn't it didn't go on either side for me this week. Um, I get it, but I wish I got a little more out of NXT. So I really I really have nothing to add to anything that you guys haven't already said. What's your final rave of the week? My final rave. Uh, I'm gonna go with the segment on Raw with Taker and. Uh, AJ, it's more so AJ's part of it, uh, him having the contract in hand and then basically saying that he's going to do all these things and then he won't even deliver it to Undertaker. He's got to convince the OC. said, you delivered a fair match. <laughs> he's like, come on, you're the toughest man in the building. You take it. 
And it's like, it's basically like he had to demand them to take it down there. And they were still very skeptical. Like, come on, man, let's just get this done and over with. And that man said, not tonight. <laughs> he said, you're the toughest man in the building. Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> I, I just thought that whole, that uh, obviously Undertaker really didn't do much, but beat the OC's ass. But so it definitely goes to more so AJ in that moment. Just the whole, why don't you take it? You said all these things. Nah, man, you guys take it. What did you think about those on my rave as well? Um, biker slash dead man. What's happening here? Uh, I don't know. I, we're about to have the shortest entry from Taker ever. I, I don't. I just don't. I really don't even care, bro. For is he? Is he the dead man? Is he going he's to? He's be- mad because he talked about his wife. So now he's just angry husband. Angry Mark Taker. <laughs> yeah. Mean Mark. Mean Mark. Uh. Okay. That used to be his name. So, All right. Well, we yeah. have. Uh, I guess it's time for honorable mentions. Yeah, I mean, you guys didn't have any rants left. I I pretty much went through mine. The only one I guess I'll say is I was a little disappointed that NXT didn't make any mention of what was supposed to be Adam Cole's longest reigning championship celebration. Um, I hope that doesn't just fall to the wayside. I would like to see that. I, I think he deserves that. Um, and I, again, circumstances, we get it. But I, I don't know if we'll ever get to see that now. So I was kind of curious. So for me, my honorable mentions uh, only start over on the rave side. I'm really looking forward to the best friends and Death Triangle in a parking lot brawl. That's something we haven't seen in forever. And I also like the way they went about it, where it was kind of like, He's like, it was a street fight. And then he was like, meet us in the parking lot. I was like, okay, kind of took a little swerve. I'm really interested to see what ends up happening there. I love, even though, even though Kip Sabian is my dude, I love when Colt Cabana smacked him in the face and said, get out of here. And he actually <laughs> crawled away and left. Um, also, shout out to Penelope Ford. I loved her on Wednesday night. I want to see Good more ball. from her. Good call. I agree. Uh, the Lance Archer promo, the slow-mo, the slow-mo thing, I loved it. All right, Roy, you're taking all nice, shit now. <laughs> a nice little way to, uh, hey, man, all I got is raves. Everybody um, It was a nice way to introduce him, and I liked seeing some of the moves in slow motion. Uh, the nameplates, Greg touched on one. Hangman said... Uh, Social distancing since November. And then for Brandy Rhodes, it said something along the lines of swore she would never ring an ounce again, which she really did. And she was not happy to be doing it again. Uh, I love Daniel and Drew Gulak's new friendship. I hope they continue to be best friends. Uh, I love 316 Day. And I will find a way to celebrate that every year now. Uh, I like to involve scorecards and beer somehow so we'll see how that goes better words and then yeah i'll have to rewatch and see all the rules for 316 day to make sure i celebrate properly hopefully it's a work day wouldn't that be great all right Uh, and then my last one my last one is the heavy machinery versus or what wait 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 was it a it was a tag team match right tag match yeah yeah, versus Ms. Morrison. Okay, let's make it short because I, I started thinking about the end. It, it really went off the rails. But Heavy Machinery versus Ms. Morrison, 
Uh, it was a good match. There's a lot of storytelling involved. I love the Dolph Ziggler element of it. Obviously, Blake, you and I talk about that all the time. And then the fact that Otis just absolutely lost it and snapped. I thought that was another another interesting element to the story that I didn't see coming. Um, him crying, Otis crying like a little bitch while Dolph Ziggler gets the girl. That part I expected. Uh, but I think we all expected that, right, Blake? No, we didn't. Otis is going to get his girl. All right. It's just give him time. Give him time. I enjoyed yeah. the Otis kind of turn, I guess. You know, Tucker's just like, no, don't do it, man. He just, he lost his <laughs> mind. I thought that was cool. He took a lot of the things that I had, but I'll say, just like you did, Lance Archer, I enjoyed that. And that was part of what we talked about earlier when I was saying, like, what talent gets lost here. I'm hoping, like, that's not one of the guys or guys like him or Wardlow, people I want to see. And I'm worried that, you know, with the continuation of bringing in past WWE talent, maybe we don't get to see those guys as much as I'd like. But I love that video package. And they have, dude, they're kicking ass on their video packages, AEW. <laughs> they are. They're light years ahead of what I was expecting that they would be. And the final thing I have was Stone Cold calling out for a hell yeah to an open crowd. Uh, nobody oh, there. Yeah. And Brian and Byron going, hell yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? I It was random. Well, it was good. Um, some of the rating stuff was funny. Some of it, it was a little stretched out more than it needed to be. Stone Cold side tough crowd. I think he said that about. Yeah, he wouldn't stop saying that. He wouldn't stop saying it. Um, it, it kind of hurt it a little bit, but I, I would say it would be more of a rave if I had to make a call on it. You got yeah, anything, Greg? I've I got nothing. Y'all touched on everything. <laughs> All right, great. Greg, it was great to have you today. Hey, Thanks. it was good being yeah. here. Half the time I wanted to say shit, Blake was like, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and talk first real quick. I'm going to cover every point, and then I'm going to ask Greg if he's got anything to say. We haven't seen him on video in the last half hour. We didn't even know if he was here. <laughs> uh, it's because my, my To be fair, was... he had walked away from the camera a few times, so it's completely <laughs> I was reasonable to think that maybe he's just not there. Um, no, I was, I was trying to look up that thing about uh, Tony Khan's tweet, and my... Skype on the phone decided it wanted to close out. And every time I tried to bring it back in, it was just uh, you guys talking. So I heard him and just clicked out of it. So it wasn't messing with the audio any more than it, we already have. So before we close this out, how long do you guys think that this is going to affect wrestling? What are you guys? Three weeks. Three weeks. I'm going with late May, early June. I'm thinking early May which is a little depressing. So about 30, to, I would say about 45 days, I think, until we get back to normal. Uh, I can't wait to get back to normal. I can't wait to do this podcast the way we normally do. I enjoy it a lot, but I was glad to at least do this with you guys today. I was glad too, and I was I was happy to not have to wake up early. I was, I was glad we didn't decide to just pull the plug completely until everything was done. I think this is... Not only something we're going to need, but it's, you know, for those who do actually listen to it uh, right now, they they may be looking for an outlet. And who knows? Maybe we'll pick up a few more because people are stuck inside and they're looking for something new. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, everybody could use some R&R right now, and we're here to provide it. I see. Who do you guys think had the best show this week? Hey, uh, 
Yeah, this isn't even... It's no contest. It's AEW. All right, guys. In last place, we have Monday Night Raw. <laughs> How did NXT not even... NXT didn't have anything. <laughs> in third place, we had NXT. And your winner this week... 